Thank you for listening to First Baptist Church of Conway. It's our prayer that this message will be both an encouragement and a challenge to you as you grow in faith. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, until further notice, we are not meeting physically in the church building and instead are live streaming our worship service on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We hope you will join us either on our website or on our Facebook page for worship. Now, here is this week's message. Good morning. I'm, I am thankful to be here this morning. Thankful uh, always for the privilege to uh, open up the Word of God and, and, and come before you, even if it is uh, online. Uh, thankful for that. Uh, we are in the smack dab in the middle of a series called Overwhelmed. The hardest part of this series was narrowing the topics down because there is so much to overwhelm us in this world. There is a ton uh, to overwhelm us. And last uh, Sunday, Pastor Brian taught on um, angry at God, being angry at God. That, that is one topic there's not a, a lot of information on because we don't like to say that out loud, that I'm, I'm mad at God. That's tough. I appreciate his words, especially from the, uh, the needed book of Job. Uh, today, we are, we are running into a, well, it's a pretty easy topic as far as content. The content is as far and deep and wide as you get. We are talking about worry or anxiety today. Uh, it, it is one of those topics that is easy to find. If you look up a definition, um, it says this, mental distress, agitation resulting from uh, concern usually for something impending or anticipated or it's uncertainty over actual or potential problems. In other words, worry is negative. It's a negative word. It is something that is, uh, 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 when we say it, I'm worried, nobody, nobody high fives that. Right? It, it, is, it is a negative thing. Hope is that what I say, if I'm trying to say that I am anticipating something good, I say, I hope this happens. I hope that this goes on. But when it's negative, I say I worry. So, I mean, I guess we could say that worry is the opposite of hope. I worry about this. I, 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 when I come to the uh, metaphorical fork in the road, and I have to choose a route when something happened to me, something has happened, I have to choose to go down the negative route of worry or the positive route of hope. And most of us, me, choose worry. In elementary school, um, I don't know what made me become a huge worrier. I had a stable home, uh, not much to worry about, uh, Pastor Brian's always talking about my lap of luxury I lived in on a small house in New Mexico. But anyway, I, uh, I, I, I worried a lot as a, as a kid at school and, and everything. And, and I remember the first time it really became apparent that it's an issue was that I, I got my report card. And it was the days when you actually had the card in the sleeve. I don't know if y'all had that in South Carolina, New Mexico. We had them, they had them in the sleeve and the teacher like threatens you with an inch of your life because like they hand wrote on these things and they tell you like if you don't bring them back, we're gonna kill your dog or whatever. They, 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 they get very serious about it. So I had to bring it back and on the back she wrote, Gary is a worry wart. That was her comment to my parents. And uh, my parents have to sign it. That's the big deal. They have to sign it. You have to bring it back, and it can't be bent or anything like that. They're very serious about those things. I'm glad they've lightened up on that. But Gary was a worrywart. 
I didn't, I didn't know what a worry wart was, but I, you know, because she was a good teacher and taught deductive reasoning, I understood that worry. I worried about something. I don't know what. But I do remember, I, I remember my parents had stock in, in, in Pepto-Bismol because my stomach was always in knots. And I was always having to take something for that. And my dad helped me. He helped me a lot by just over time, he would just ask me, what's, what's the worst that can happen? You get a bad grade, we, you make it up the next time. You, you take a class over. It's not the end of the world. And so he kind of created a monster because later on in my life, I became a little more apathetic. High school, things like that, I was a little more just carefree and apathetic. But at the end of the day, he helped me in that because I, I, I struggled. I struggled. I guess it's a pessimistic mindset, but I always chose the route of worry. I chose not to be positive. I chose to look at the negative and there's one thing I am positive about, though, is that my worry never changed any situation. Then, now, it doesn't. And I didn't even know worry until I had kids. My goodness, you worry about everything. You, 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 every little thing they do, every little thing, especially uh, with the newborn now in the house, and you, you go back to that, they can't tell you anything, so you, you're just worried all the time about this, that, and the other thing. And, and it, it, it's amazing how much we worry. So where does it come from? Where does that come from? Why, why, do, we, why do we worry? Why, do we, why are we anxious in the first place? There's one place I would say that's, that's, that's I feel, this is, this is more opinion uh, than anything, and I think that's knowledge. You can't worry about what you don't know. You can't worry about what you're not aware of. And so it is, it is the knowledge that there is something to worry about. And there's a reason, I believe, that, that at least reports tell you that anxiety is at an all-time high right now. Now, I don't know how much they rated, graphed, charted anxiety in the past, but for whatever reason right now, they tell us we're at an all-time high of people that are struggling with anxiety disorder, with stress, with uh, even, even things that, 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 that that's the root cause of their depression, things like that, that there's a reason for this. I believe one reason is, is because we have an abundance of information. And because of social media, what we don't know, we're getting information from people who don't know as well. <laughs> They're just emotionally attached to something or a, a graphic or an infographic or a, 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 a clip or, or whatever, and they'll post that. Whether it's right, whether it's wrong, whether it's factual, whether it's not, they will post it. That's, that's their right to do that. I'm not, I'm not here to talk about whether you should or shouldn't. I'm here to just say we are exposed to a ton of information that may or may not be right. Social media is an issue. We, 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 we go there a lot of the time for our information or even just mindlessly scrolling. We are, we are getting information. We are worried about these things. And I know my wife right now is off of Facebook. She gets on to, 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 to look things up or to ask questions or whatever, but she's pretty much off of it to just scroll it mindlessly because there were some things being posted about stuff and she just, it was, it was causing her anxiety. She was having some, some issues, and she said, I've got to get away from it. I've got to distance myself from that. 
And it may sound lighthearted enough. I mean, you may be, I, I'm glad I can't see you this morning because you're probably rolling your eyes. Uh, but, but, but stick with me because here's the deal. It sounds lighthearted enough, but I think the repercussions are greater than we know. The World Health Organization tells you that 20% of children and adolescents worldwide struggle with some sort of mental disorder, struggle, languish, whatever you want to call it, the chiefest of those being anxiety. In that same study, they found that 50% of all mental health struggles, the chiefest being anxiety, are formed by the age of 14. 75% of all disorders, the chiefest of those being anxiety, are developed by 18. 75% of all struggles, mental struggles, anxiety disorder is the most common. By the time you're 18, you have developed and you are rooted in that. Why? That's, that's actually a, a, a huge jump from just a decade, two decades ago, a huge jump. Why? Social media. Our students, our children are being exposed at breakneck speeds to things that they're having to process at a very young age. I'm not knocking social media. It has a great, it's a great platform. It's a great way to connect with people. Uh, please don't, I'm not bashing any one thing. I'm just telling you that we are exposed to something, and we need to help uh, figure this out because there's a direct correlation between anxiety and an obsessive use of things like social media. But let's not let's not knock social media. Kayla and I know a couple who wake up in the morning, early in the morning, turn on the news, one network, watch the news that morning, leave it on in the background all day long, only to turn it off to go to bed just to rinse and repeat the next day. Watching the news all day long, like while there's football on. And they kind of worry. They're worried about this, that, and the other thing. They're, they're, they're high strung about certain things. They, 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 they've gotten every take that every analyst on this one network has to say about whatever is hot that day. And they're They're worried. And I'm not saying that you don't need to be informed. We need to be informed. Please, don't, 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 don't misunderstand me there. But you can go in over your head that what you're putting in is what you're going to be getting out. So what, what you're getting in is, is people who are, who are trying to get the best ratings and they're gonna get whatever's gonna rapture your emotion and that's what they need to do to lock you in, and you're going to rapture that all day long, and it's going to be repeated in your mind all day long, and you're going to, it's going to come out of you. Or you're going to internalize it, and it's going to be even worse. So I would say for some of us, for a huge chunk of us, if we would just manage our social media intake and our media intake, we could, we could probably knock off some of, the, some of the worry. But there's one more place I'd like to go today. One more thing I'd like to talk about, because... Jesus talks about it. Jesus comes to this place and he points out some very important things. And the deal is, there's a lot of times in scripture when you're struggling with something, 
You may go to the scriptures and it may not speak directly to what you're struggling with. But there are principles you can apply and there's, there's things you can look at and there's, there's hope to be found there. It may just not be specific. This is not true when we're looking at worry. Jesus talks about worry specifically and he gives you a very specific solution for it. So this is one of those topics that, that we really, man, we have no excuse for. And so we're going to look at this today. We're going to see exactly what Jesus tells us to do to, 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 to get through this. So grab your Bibles or, or your phones or whatever you're looking at today and, and, and go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We're smack dab in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. It's a pretty well-known passage, Matthew chapter 6. It's right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. If you're not familiar with the Sermon on the Mount, it is a, it is a, a sermon that Jesus told or, or taught to these group of people, large group of people, early on in his ministry, and he, he's, he's getting them to see what kingdom life looks like, like normal kingdom life here on earth, what it looks like. And it, it's a broad topic. It's a wonderful study. If, you, if, you, if you're looking for something to study, it's a wonderful study. And right here in the middle of it, he hits this topic, worry. Now, if you were to guess what Jesus used as a springboard to get to worry, what would you think? Studies tell us it's the number one thing we worry about. Money. Money. So Jesus is, is springboarding right off of money. He's explaining that. He says this in verse 24. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus is going to talk about of all things here, money, he says in verse 24, no, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted. That's the word, if you're, if you, if you're marking your Bible or if you want to make a mental note, that's the word, man, devoted. Circle that one. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So devoted, that's the key to everything here. If you're devoted to one, you will, you, you can't be devoted to both. You're, you're, you're stuck in, in, that, in that, that tension, which, which one? The word here, money, literally means treasure. Actually, it's an Aramaic word that, that means confidence. It's whatever your confidence is in. And so it's stuff. It's not just money. These people didn't, uh, they didn't have money. They didn't have tangible capital. And so they're, they're, they're worried about not, 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 not coins and dollars per se. They're worried about other things. But he wants you to know that what you're devoted to is what you will serve. It's where your mind will go. You're devoted to this. You can't serve both. You're devoted to one. And then this, he all of a sudden he slides into a, a topic on worry. That's interesting. Because worry exposes your devotion, my devotion. What I worry about is what I'm most devoted to. So what you're worrying about is what you are most devoted to. Right now, if you just close your eyes and think, what am I most worried about? What am I anxious? What, what's causing 
heart racing and what's causing nervousness and what's causing lack of sleep, what's, what's causing that? You're most devoted to it. So Jesus is going to help us. He's going to help us see the, really the fallacy of worry. Jesus, like any good argument, he's going to lay out a few things that he wants you to see before he lands on the answer. He's going to build him a nice case, get you to think a little bit, get you to realize and recenter a little bit, and then he's going to give you what he needs to give you. So let's look at verse 25. He says this, therefore. So anytime you see therefore in the Bible, right, we've got to find out what it's there for. He's talking about money. He's talking about what you're devoted to. And he says, what you're devoted to, therefore I tell you, and this is a Jesus telling you, so he's dropping a command. He says this, do not worry about your life. Good gravy. So there, I guess we're done, right? <laughs> Jesus said, don't worry about it. Let's go on home. There's no sense in, 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 in wasting any more bandwidth. Let's, get, let, let's head on home. Jesus says, don't worry. What you will eat or drink or about your body or what you'll wear is not life more than food or the body more than clothes. That's bold. Don't worry about your life, Jesus said. Food or clothing to them was essential. That was their treasure. They didn't have cash or capital. They, 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 their treasure was found in food, in clothes. They worried about meals. They worried about clothes. They didn't have closets. The people in their day didn't go like, like I did this morning and say, what am I going to wear today? That was, a, that was an easy question for them. I'm going to wear what I wore yesterday. Here it is. Until it gets wore out, then they got to worry about what am I going to get because clothes were expensive, handmade, man. If Jesus were here today, though, we wouldn't be talking about that, especially in the United States. We don't, we don't worry a ton about that. There are people who do, and that is a major concern. I don't want to make light of that. But we, we don't worry as much about that. The, the examples would probably be a little different in a huge crowd. We would probably say jobs. We would probably say grades. We would probably say getting into college, getting into the right college, sports. We would probably say coronavirus, hello. What is the greatest worry is what he's getting at. Your greatest worry, get, get your mind there. He's trying to get them to really focus. The greatest worry you have. Then he asks a very simple but loaded question. He says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Is life more than my job. Yes. I've lost jobs and life has gone on. I moved on from jobs and life has gone on. Is, is life more than my kids getting into the right school? Yes. Is it more than them getting on a position on, on a team? Yes. So think about what I worry about. My, whatever it is that's consuming my thoughts right now, is, it, is there more? Is it the sum total of life, or is, it, is life more? Jesus doesn't belittle it. He knows that clothes and food are very important. He feeds people when he talks to them, right? He created a miracle to feed these people one time. Food's important. He doesn't, he doesn't just bypass that. He's just saying, is it the chief thing in life? Because if it is, then you don't need to worship God. You need to worship bread, Twizzlers, whatever. It's important. 
So he brings us to the body, which is clever because he says, is there not more to the body? And I think that's important to, to realize because I think there's some underlying thing there because when you get to the body, all of a sudden the body is more important than clothes. Why? Because clothes don't make it tick, right? And then he gets into something very important there. When you start to think about the body, you start to lose all control there because, well, frankly, I don't make the blood pump through my veins. And I don't even think about it. I don't make air come into my lungs. Like, I'm not constantly trying to talk to you and breathe, right? I couldn't do that because eventually I would just fall over because I would see the talking is more important right now because all these cameras are on me and people are looking at me, so I would talk and I would just pass out. I don't even do that because it's done for me. I, I know I'm getting a lot of information right now on the immune system, what I need to do and that I need to eat more grapes or whatever I need to do, and, and, and that's important, but I, I don't even think about my immune system. It just does its thing. I guess. I don't even know where it's at. Or maybe I am an immune system. I see that a lot too. So I don't know. I, I get confused, but that, that's the deal. I, I don't even think about that. And so Jesus says, is the body not more? Well, yeah, it is. Of course it is. So it seems like Jesus is going uh, to a place where he's going to give us a, 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 a clue about his command that he just dropped where he says, don't worry about your life. But then he, he slides into three things, three quick things that he wants us to see. To further drive home his point, he wants to make sure this crowd gets it. And so the first thing he talks about, crazy, is birds. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing worse than when a speaker gets off, off kilter, right? Like, like birds, like that, that Disney movie where that dog's always yelling squirrel or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, that, that's what it feels like. It's just like, whoa, he's, he's all of a sudden gone off. And he says, look at the birds of the air. Like, I'm worried about where my next meal comes from, and Jesus just says, you checked out the birds lately? Like, that seems kind of out of left field, right? Like, like, I'm struggling with my job. I'm struggling with, with maybe even coronavirus or whatever. I'm struggling with these things, and all of a sudden, Jesus just says, man, you gotta check out the birds. I'm like, oh, I'm better. Man, is that a cockatoo? I'm doing much better now. Thank you. Fortunately, there's a semicolon, so Jesus continues his thought. And he says this, they do not sow or reap or store away barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. I like the way Jesus doesn't say the heavenly Father. He says your heavenly Father. He wants to make sure you're making the connection here. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can you believe that God cares about birds? That's crazy. It's a bit odd. It's weird that, 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 that Jesus points at them. I mean, obviously they're outdoors, so they probably would have been birds everywhere. And so it's a, it's a great, quick analogy and example. But he wants you to know, man, I care more about them. And guess what, man? Kayla and I had uh, some birds move in on our little post on our porch. This little nest popped up, and I was getting ready to get rid of it. And all of a sudden, I see like, like three little eggs. So I call Lou and them over there and the boys and I pick them up and let them see the eggs and they think that's pretty cool. It's one of like a, like a dirt, I've not really seen a nest like that. It was like a dirt nest, but they, 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 they had a little thing. So I thought, you know what? I'll let you have your family. I'll let you crack them out. My wife's pregnant. I get it. I'm with you. So I let them have their, 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 their babies and I thought, well, they'll, you know, babies get, I mean, it wasn't a huge nest. I mean, it was a little nest and I thought, they'll, they'll move on out, you know, because you know, I, I've seen how birds parent. They just kind of kick them out and they're on their own, Right? Which I thought, not a bad idea. 
once you learn to walk, you're gone, buddy. You figured most of it out. And so they, 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 they kind of grew. This is a very short amount of time, maybe a month or a couple months. And all of a sudden, man, they didn't leave. It was like five of them, they're huge, and they're in this nest, and they are making a mess on everything. So one day I had to do what I had to do. And I had to get rid of the nest because it was gross. And now my kids are playing in a mess, a bird mess, right? I, I, that's one thing I learned about here at the church underneath this beautiful tree over here. Like nobody ever parks underneath it. I'm like, why does they even park underneath this tree, man? Great shade. And I parked in there one time and my car was a mess, right? Birds. And G Jesus says, look at them because God takes care of them. God, God is concerned about the birds, like he is making provision and plan for birds right now. Like there's somebody in his organization that is, that is doing this. In his sovereignty, he is, he is using sovereign power that rose Jesus from the dead and he's feeding birds right now. And Jesus says, you know what, man? You're made in my image and I care more about you than, than birds. I don't even know their name. Consider that. I'm feeding them. I'll take care of you. God takes good care of birds. Those birds are still around. I see them. I hope they went to my neighbor's house, but they're around. And Jesus' point is that we don't need to try to make things happen. Now, we also don't need to just quit. See, birds are still finding food and they're still working hard for food. They're not, they're not in the children of Israel where they just wake up and food's in their nest. That's not happening. They're going out and doing something for it. You and I need to, 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 to try, get a better job, take care of the kids, do what we can, ask the girl out, whatever you need to do. His point is this, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Do, do what you can and then trust God to do what you can't. That, that's his whole point here. And he, he drops a huge line here. In verse 27, he says, can, you, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Does it bring anything to your life? The birds are happy. Listen to them singing. They're happy. Can you add something to your life by worrying? Is this, are you doing this? No. The answer is no. In fact, it's the opposite. Worry takes away from your life, man. It, it affects your blood pressure. It affects you physically. And not only that, it, it sucks your life away because you're on the phone talking about it. You're on social media talking about it. You are sucking your life away, worrying about this thing that will pass. It's a robber. It's a time robber. And he says, man, can you add anything to your life? Does it add anything to your life? So Jesus uses birds. Next he uses beauty. He says this, and why do you worry about clothes? Again, remember, clothes were an important thing to them. Ours would read different. But he says this about their clothes. See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you? 
And then he hits it, man. He hits hard here. He says, oh, you of little faith. God goes to great lengths to make flowers look like they do. Flowers. Right? He goes to great lengths. Like, like there's an entire business built on buying flowers that are cut so you know they're going to die. There's an entire industry. It's crazy. And they made women believe that they need them. And we do it. We go and buy them. And we, we bring them home like conquering heroes. Like we went out into the field and picked these flowers, right? We bring them home. We give them to the wife and she's happy for a week. And then they shrivel up and they die and we throw them in. Throw them away. This is what happens. Flowers. We, we, we've been to Biltmore. I, I've been to Biltmore a couple times. Kayla and I have been once. Um, and Biltmore is a, a huge estate in Nashville. If you're not familiar, it's a massive estate, loaded, rich. It's, 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 but they've got these gardens that are impressive. And they are impressive because, I mean, after like, I have been in this house for I don't know how long and I've looked at the 20th bedroom with a bed in it and uh, bathroom and whatever else they have. And it's just, it's just oh, I, I mean, really just show your bedroom and be like, they all look like this. You guys can mosey on down if you want to. But you don't. You, take a, you look at every one of them. And so after I've done that, I go outside and, and man, there are these beautiful gardens. They're gorgeous. And people, people, legitimate people take vacations here. And they go and they, they just like to look at the gardens. They like to check out the gardens. They travel. I, we, we, we're, we're, we're from over in East Tennessee. And I mean, every year people travel to East Tennessee to go look at trees dying. Because they're so pretty. Orange and red. And it's just everywhere. And it's, it is pretty. And people will travel and they're there, and they're spending money on stuff, and their whole draw is plants. And Jesus says, man, I, I did all that. Imagine what I can do for you, little faither. Little, little, little faith. Imagine what I could do if you really leaned in to me. You were formed in my image, and so you are substantially more important than dying trees, which even when they're dying, they're gorgeous. And I will take much better care of you. But Jesus goes just a bit further, and he says this, and just to give it another B, it's about believing. He says this, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Here's why. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Jesus says pagans. That's his word, not mine. That's Matthew chapter 6, 31, 32. And Jesus brings worries back to the forefront, and he says this. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to uh, drink, what you're going to where uh, for us it would be don't worry about uh, how you're going to retire. Don't worry about how you're going to pay for school. How am I going to pay the bills? Who's going to take care of me? They're important things. And Jesus is really hitting at home at like they're fundamental things. It is fundamental for them to get food, fundamental for them to get clothes. And then all of a sudden he refers to the pagans or literally those who do not believe in God. And he says they run after or literally pursue or, ready, devote. They devote themselves to those things as well. And so when I devote myself to those things, all these worries, their worry, because they're pagans, 
show they don't believe in God. So my worry shows that I don't believe in God. It's literally a, a look at my spirituality. That I have no basis for my belief. I'm, I'm just, I'm worried about this and I think that God can't handle it. God can't deal with it. This, 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 this God who created Jupiter and created the Smoky Mountains and created your, you know, Chihuahua, he, 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 he can handle our, our struggles. So he exposes this in us. So Jesus has shown us that, that our, our, you know, our worries attached to our little faith. He, it's attached to the fact that it makes us look like we don't even follow Jesus at all. And so now all of a sudden he's going to slide in. He's really, that hurts, man. That, that hits me hard. So when I worry, I am pretty much saying, I don't believe God can do anything. I'm going to go over here and try to just sit and think about it. Because I can't do anything about it either. So it's just hopeless. So what are we to do? After we have managed fueling our information, after we've managed fueling what we're taking in, things like social media, things like media, what am I supposed to do? And Jesus says it's time to shift your devotion. So as we finish up, he's gonna tell us exactly what we need to do. Very famous passage of scripture, but this is what it's tied to. It's tied to worry. And he says this in verse 33, he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first. Devote yourself to this first. So focusing on God's kingdom breaks worry. Because if all I do is focus on my kingdom, all I do is fuel my worry. It's fueling what's, what's going on in my life. It is all I'm focusing on. But if I make his kingdom, his glory, my priority, something's going to happen. What? Jesus says, and all these things shall be given to you as well. What things? What I've been devoted to. Because I have a feeling, once you're focusing on a great God who is in the midst of giving a great kingdom this other stuff just kind of gets smaller. It gets a little bit smaller. And then Jesus says, once you've done that, once you've shifted your devotion to the kingdom and to God's glory and really making that your primary devotion, that I'm going to honor God in this, I'm going to let God have that, I'm going to focus on this, he says something very important. He wraps up with a very logical thought. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So do not worry about tomorrow. Jesus knew that most of our worries are based in the future, right? It's future stuff. It's stuff that I, I'm not sure is gonna happen. It's the uncertainty of tomorrow. And Jesus' point is this. Do the next right thing now and trust that God will do the next right thing tomorrow. That God's in control of this. Why? Well, check out the birds. And look at the flowers. And don't be, don't, don't be like the pagans. And this all feeds back to an interesting place. It feeds back to what Jesus was talking about earlier in his sermon. And in his sermon, he said this in Matthew chapter 6, just a few 
just a few verses before we get into this talk about money and worry, he decides to talk about prayer. And he says this in Matthew 6, 9 through 11. He says this. This then is how you should pray. Ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then what do you say after that? Give us today our daily bread. That's the prayer. That prayer makes a whole lot more sense when you connect it to worry, doesn't it? Why Jesus says, pray it like this. Pray it like, as you're reframing your devotion, that your will is done on earth. I want your will to be done, God. I want it to be done, whatever that is. In their case, it was bread. In your case, it is fill in the blank. Let your will be done and then pray for this. Pray for what you need. They needed bread. He said, pray for bread. Give us bread today. Please, give me this. But I want your will to be done because that's what I'm primarily devoted to is your will and your kingdom. That's what I need most. I needed to switch my devotion. Paul goes a little bit further in his instruction on, on this kind of praying. Uh, as we talk about prayer, and I know you guys expect me to talk about prayer because that's the, that's the most spiritual thing to do here, but I'm telling you it's important, but there's a specific way to pray, and it says this. In Philippians chapter four, verse six, Paul says this, another command, do not be anxious about anything. Man, they're heavy hitters, aren't they? Don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious for anything. It's like they don't know, do you not know? Are you not around people? Like, do you just come out of a box and start talking? But he says, don't be anxious for anything. But here he, here, here's what he says. But in every situation. In the Greek, that word every means every. <laughs> All. Right? So in every situation, by prayer and petition. So you would expect that. Man, just pray and things are going to get better. But Paul says something a little different here. Ready? If you got your pen out, circle it. With thanksgiving. See, he didn't say, by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. He said, by prayer and petition, comma, comma, with thanksgiving. Why? Why? Because our prayer is to be a prayer of thanksgiving, that I, I am already thankful before God has ever even done anything. I'm thankful for what God is going to do because he is sovereign over tomorrow. And so I am thankful. So I, I, I start my prayer with thank you, God, that I can come to you in prayer and know that you've got this under control. That's an important verse. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God because God's already got tomorrow under control. So what happens? What happens in my life if I come to God in prayer with, uh, with a worrisome heart and I'm worried and I give God a worried prayer and I say, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven, give us today this. And I say, and thank you so much for taking care of that already. What happens? What happens when I, my, my, my attitude shifts to thanksgiving? No matter what happens, I am thankful to God for what he's gonna do. What happens? Verse seven, Philippians six, 
on Philippians 4, verse 7, says this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You've turned off the TV, you've turned off the social media, and all of a sudden, this is what's controlling your mind now. Peace of God, which transcends all understanding. People will be confused. Those pagans we talked about will be very confused why you are so chill right now. You should be worried right now, right? You should be freaking out. But you're not, and that's weird. And he says, man, that's what peace brings to you, man. When you come to Thanksgiving, that God's got this under control, and your heart and your mind will be guarded. God's going to guard your heart and your mind from worry, from anxiety. It will be guarded when you take on this kind of attitude, peace, your shift in devotion makes a huge difference in your mental health. So where's your devotion? You'll know by where your anxiety is. What's causing you anxiety? Perhaps you've been dealing with it a long time and it's time to shift your devotion. It's time to see if your anxiety levels don't come down when you start to focus on God's kingdom and what God is already doing and that God's will is going to happen whether you are in it or not. God is going to move and do what he wants. So you might as well get on board. Jesus has commanded us not to worry and he's given us instructions about how to fulfill that command and perhaps it's time that you and I prove him. That we say, all right, this week, tomorrow, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me my bread and thank you for what you're going to do and see what happens to your worry. Father, we're grateful for all that you do for us, for the fact that you are a complete God, that you knew you had to talk about worry because you know your creation. Because we have separated from you and and. Uh, once we give our lives back to you, that we follow you and we we're saved. We're ushered back into that relationship where you are in control. You're our father. And because you're our father and you know nothing but greatness, all you can do is be great. So help us to, to reflect that. In our worried life, Lord, I'm a worrier. I'm sorry. I, I, I repent of my worry. I know you're in control of my finances, my kids, things that I struggle with. And thank you for that. Thank you for what you're going to do over the things that have my mind. They've, they've captured my thoughts. And, and thank you for the fact that you are over those. And help me to rest that you are not going to let me go because you care about birds. And you care about flowers and you're, you're, you're devoted to making them look beautiful. You're devoted to taking care of them. And so how much more are you devoted to your creation which you gave your image? Thank you. Help us, Lord. Help those out there that are, that are truly trapped in a, in, a, in a state of anxiety, worry. Or this season especially where it has been very difficult on a lot of people. They are overwhelmed pray that you'll help them. Lord, we love you. We thank you, especially for Jesus. 
especially for salvation. In your son's precious and holy name, amen.